any living testimonies in the house this morning? Come on, put your hands together. Are there any living testimonies in the house this morning? If God is done anything for you, that means you are a living testimony. You should all be able to say yes, Lord. You're looking at me and I'm looking at you. You ought to be able to sing that song. I'm still alive. Come on, come on, look at your name and say, I'm still alive. Come on, come on, look at me and say, I'm Check it out for yourself, and when you feel comfortable, you can leave them back there with Minister Jefferson. Amen. They're going to be right in this back room. So anytime you feel free, you can pop your head through the door and just take a peek and see what they're doing. Amen. 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 But it is offering time, church. It's offering time. It is offering time. It is time that we continue in worship. We're going to worship with our giving. Amen. We're going to worship in our giving on this morning. If you are online, thank you so much. You can give online. There are several ways for you to give. You can give online at EbenezerBronzeville.org, EbenezerBronzeville.org. Just simply hit the Give Now button. We thank you in advance for that. For those of you who have made commitments, those commitments that we started on each of us in 2022, I know some still have some work to do. That is, you still have time to keep that commitment. Uh, Those are for Friends of Ebenezer for the renovation space. You can absolutely still do that right now. Amen, amen, and amen. Uh, If you want to give by mobile or text to give, 312-779-0146, You can also give by mail or come directly to the church. The address here, as always, is 4501 South Vincennes Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 606. Again, 4501 South Vincent Avenue, Chicago, Illinois, 60653. And last but not least, you can give via Zelle at 773-960-9028. Amen. If you need any of that digital information, just raise your hand and ask the usher, and she will pass that on to you. Let us pray for our offering. Father God, we thank you in advance. Lord God, we just thank you, God, for being just a good God. Lord God, we thank you just for being a good God. We thank you today, God. God, we ask now that you would bless this offering, God. Bless both the giver and the giver. God, you recognize what we stand in need of. We're asking that you would bless it right now, God, so that we can continue the mission that you have set before us at this place. We pray now in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. 
time we extend an invitation for those of you who would like to stand as intercessors for this altar call prayer you know it's great wisdom to be willing to stand on behalf of some others because the truth of the matter is one day somebody going to stand for you Hallelujah in this place. And we want to remember on this list, we want to remember on this list, there are so many people on this list, names we know, names we don't know, but God knows. And so we're praying for Lindsay Mayfield, we're praying for Marguerite Jones, we're praying for Doris Robinson, praying for Benita Jones. She's not on our list in the past, but we're going to put her on there just asking God to continue to keep her. Praying for Doris Robinson, Deacon Chester Coleman, Elise and Willie Graham. Praying for Alfred Moore, Kenneth Sexton, Al and Mary Burton. Praying for Shirley Anderson, Mary Sumter and Sarah Billups. We're praying for Mark Mary Alexander and Reverend James Thompson. Praying for Albert Cheney, Angela Williams. Praying for Bernetta Pearson. Praying for the entire Pearson family right now. Praying for Michael Jones Jr. Praying for Deacon James Smith. Praying for Ernestine Rowe and Lily Turner. Praying for Brenda Love. Praying for Joe Muse and Laney Ams. And lifting up Myrtle Gunn and Bonnie Wilson. Minnie Pegs, John Butts. Continue to pray for Brother Mark and Rachel Ingram Sims' uncle. We're praying for Deborah Edwards, the daughter of Ethel Burns praying for Betty Brooks and we're praying for the Farrell family and the Geiger family. Praying for families, period. Praying for your family and my family. Praying for our young people and our older people. We're praying for our communities. We're praying for our government. Let us go to God in prayer. Eternal God, our Father, we thank you. We thank you today. We thank you because we have the ability to call upon your name. 
And we know, God, that call is not an empty one because we are witnesses, oh God, that you are a God that answers prayer. We thank you, O God, that you are God that comes and sees about each one of us. Even during the difficult and challenging days, you are God that comforts and sustains. When our eyes are wet with tears, we know that you are yet still able. And so, God, we lift up those who are in sick rooms, those who are in nursing facilities, God. We are lifting those who are in uh, who are incarcerated, oh God. We pray for them right now, God. We pray for our communities, oh God. We pray, oh God, for even now for Ebenezer, oh God. This this station of Zion. We ask, oh God, as we go into this new year, oh God, that you would lead us and guide us, oh God, as we focus as a faith community on evangelizing this community, oh God, evangelizing our family members, our friends, our circle of influence, as we evangelize, oh God, even the mailman, oh God, whoever we have contact with, oh God, those who are unchurched, those who are disconnected. God, we ask right now, oh God, that you would that you would rise up with us and cause us to be the beacon light in this community. That we will go and not just sit, but that we will go ye therefore into the world, winning, oh God, the loss for Christ. God, you have not dismissed us from our assignment. So, God, as we focus now on this divine realignment, oh God, we pray, oh God, that you guide and direct us. God, if there's any hindrances that would want to stand in the way, oh God, we ask that you remove it in the name of Jesus. God, we're calling, we are speaking it into existence, oh God. Young people will be coming through these doors. Middle-aged people will be coming through these doors in the name of Jesus. We're putting it in the atmosphere. And we're standing on your word. God, we realize that this ain't no plain thing. This ain't no hocus or pocus. This is the word of God on which we stand today. God, we pray right now for favor, oh God, as we go forward with this project, oh God. Favor, oh God, that we'll have everything that we need. Favor, oh God, that everything will be done in time and on time. God, we're grateful. We're grateful for the opportunity that you have afforded to us. And we pray, oh God, that you will continue to bless us and keep us on the path that you would have us to go. We can shout together. We can sing together knowing that we do need you every hour, every minute, every second of the day. Hear our prayer, O oh God. Hear our prayer, O oh God, and incline thy ears to us. 
Through Jesus Christ our Lord we pray and for his sake we pray and all of God's people stand together. Amen. You may be seated in the presence of God. That he will do it. That he will do 
Right now, right now, right now. 
text that I'm reading to you again, it says, unless I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelation, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh. The messenger of Satan buffeted me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, he said unto me, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will Rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, in distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, I don't know who I'm talking to this morning, but when I am weak, then am I strong. I want to speak from the subject living with thorns. Living with thorns. Living with thorns. Ebenezer, sometimes things happen to us that don't make sense. We ask, why is this happening to me? And I submit today that it takes a seasoned Christian to move a step higher and to see the entire situation from God's perspective. 
When we take time to pray and ask the Lord for vision, we see God's plan coming together for our lives, for the glory of his kingdom. Ebenezer, the thorns in our lives, those tough situations which on the surface don't seem to line up with God's promises are intended to lift us to a higher spiritual plane where we can see our trials as blessings. To some, that, that may seem a, a strange statement, but, but, but we serve a God whose actions are strange and unfamiliar. Because the truth of the matter is, some days we can't trace God. Look at the Apostle Paul here at the height of his spiritual power and the point of his revival. A calamity sets in on his life and attempts to turn his life upside and, 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 and as a consequence, uh, uh, Paul suffers from doubt. And, and the truth of the matter is we ought not fool ourselves. We all have doubts sometimes. Can I get some, hear from some honest folks today? Because the flesh just refuses to leave the spirit alone. Thankfully, Paul, Paul learned a valuable lesson that he passed on to you and to me. He learned that when I am weak, then am I strong. You see, it's in our weakness that the spirit rises within us to conquer our flesh. And as we go further, we can set Paul aside for a moment and look at the life of Peter. Come here, Peter. Peter's life is certainly uh, an illustration of this paradox. Peter, 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 the rock. The truth be told, Peter was impetuous and outspoken. And, and some of the things that he said were not always couched in wisdom. Any Bible readers in the building today? I mean, look at some of his quotes. Peter says, Lord, if it be me, thou bid me come unto thee on the water. And then a few seconds later, a few moments later, Peter says, Lord, save me. Peter asked Jesus, the crowd, press thee, and how sayest thou who touched me. But then Peter learns the power of Christ and, and says, thou art the Christ, the son of the living God. Peter, Peter then professed, though, though, though all men deny thee, yet will not I. But then he denied Christ, not one, not two, Three times before the cock crows saying, I know not the man. 
This is just a sample of some, some of Peter's comments. He often hastily rushed into sacred territory like a blind bull full of arrogance. On, on the other hand, despite his hasty remarks, Peter's heart was always close to repentance. When Christ bid him to walk on the water and he began to sink, he did not hesitate to cry out to his master. And so what is, what is a thorn in the flesh? Paul was not talking about a splinter, y'all, or some small, insignificant hurt that distracted him on his mission. The Greek word here is scolops. It refers to something pointed or sharp like a stake. A, a thorn is something that causes severe pain or constant irritation. It was something that Paul could never rid himself of. Ebenezer, it was a malady. It was a, a weakness and a distraction that he would carry with him to the grave. But I declare this morning that thorns are invitations to courage. Until the presence of a thorn marks your life, you are just a shell of what God desires for you to become. At the turn of Paul's life, when he was blinded on the road to Damascus, the enemy was there to harass. The enemy was there to annoy. The enemy was there uh, 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 to depress and to hurt him. But, but, but the thorn that carried the evil of pain also carried the good of pain. Because you do know Ebenezer, and, and, and if, you can, if you can relate to this, then you need to say amen. Satan leaves some people alone because they're no threat to him. Their faith is so weak that, that, they, that they cause him little concern, but, but there are others who Satan seems to constantly badger in an attempt to thwart their faith's impact in the world. You see, thorns draw the enemy's attention. But they also keep the faithful connected to Christ. You see, God's hand is always in your thorns. When Satan and God both speak, be careful who you listen to. Paul did not find fault with God, nor did he sit down in despair. He kept going. He kept moving. He kept driving. He kept reaching and kept giving in his pursuit of God. But Ebenezer, what, why? Why thorns? Why is God's hand in your thorns? Anybody ever had any thorns up in here? Anybody? Why thorns? First, thorns 
calls men and women to pray. Paul had the presence of of a nagging thorn. He had great faith, and yet he was weak. But the distraction of his thorn in the flesh drove him to his knees. It reminded him of the power and privilege he had to entreat Christ in his times of weakness. When thorns come our way, they shape us, they mold us. Like Paul, it should drive us to our knees. Three times Paul sought deliverance from his storms in the flesh. He prayed persistently for God to remove this storm until God told him, No, my grace is sufficient for thee. Notice, notice, notice if you would that Paul's prayer was specific. It was specific. He prayed about this thing that troubles me. Some people, Ebenezer, pray in general and never get to the specifics. They have never developed the ability to have a real dialogue with God. Trouble and distress should drive us to God instead of away from God. It should cause us to pray and not to complain. Instead of asking, why, Lord, why me? We should be asking the Lord to give us his power to overcome this specific storm we are enduring. Because if the truth of the matter is we are overcomers, specific prayer is critical find a great example in the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah who prayed specifically because of the thorns in his own life. In Nehemiah 1, his prayer was born out of distress over a broken wall, a broken nation, and a broken people. In Nehemiah 2, Nehemiah got the attention of the king but didn't know what to ask of him, so he prayed for God to direct his request. In Nehemiah 4, prayer came in response to an attack by two wicked enemies, Tobiah and Sambalot. In Nehemiah 4, prayer became a weapon. The word says prayer was set as a watch against the enemies. In Nehemiah 5, prayer became an instrumental in, re- became instrumental in restitution. Prayer does not just deliver us from the enemy. It causes us to work to restore some broken thing in our lives. In Nehemiah 6, prayer arose out of a response to Sambalat's rumors and his slandering distractions. In Nehemiah 8, prayer was mixed with the word. When we pray, we have to learn to speak God's language. This is how that faith is restored back into our lives. In Nehemiah 9, prayer was focused on the goodness of God. That kind of prayer lifts our own spirits and builds our faith. In Nehemiah 13, 14, 22, 29, and 31, prayer was centered around remembrance. 
Four times in Nehemiah 13, the word remember is used. God will remember every one of us. And it ought to be for something good. Did you get that? God will remember every one of us. And the hope is it ought to be for something good. Prayer is our personal connection to the Lord. So we ought not wait for thorns to come. Polish up your prayer practices now. Secondly, thorns nourish our dependence upon God. Presence of thorn in our lives causes us to depend on the grace and the mercy of God. It strengthens our relationship with our creator. It's our carnal nature that prohibits us from comprehending the way God works in us and through us. But our soul does not hesitate to cry out unhesitatingly while we are stubbornly trying to resolve our issues by ourselves. Our soul cries out to God and it thrills God to create power in us through our weakness. In one of the great paradoxes of Scripture, Paul explained it this way, Ebenezer. He said, when I am weak, then I am strong. Strength comes out of weakness because when we can't, God will. Our inability becomes his ability. Out of our burden come growth. Out of our hunger comes revival. Out of our struggle comes faith. Before Jesus taught his disciples how to pray, he prepared them. He prepared them with this message in Matthew 5. Blessed are the poor in spirit. For theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. Blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceedingly glad. For great, I said great, great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. You see, Ebenezer, out of the perplexities of life comes the constraining love of Christ. It is the love of Christ that gives purpose, that brings the anointing, which causes us to diligently seek him. Out of our weakness, 
he supplies his strength. Peter's memory of his denial of Jesus kept him dependent on God. David's memory of Uriah's murder kept him dependent on God. Elijah's mem memory of the juniper tree kept him dependent on God. Your struggles and my struggles and your trials keep us dependent upon God without uh, the knowledge that, that that swift failure can occur in your life. For Satan has the power to distract you. You see, there will always be the potential of sin to overthrow us if we are not inclined towards spiritual discipline. Spiritual discipline ain't about Sunday morning attending. Oh, nobody heard that one. Spiritual discipline ain't just about Sunday morning attendance. Spiritual discipline is about regular prayer and regular study. Paul's thorn kept him humbly focused on God. Lastly, thorns cultivate character. You see, the truth of the matter is the more thorns you overcome, the more you will look like Christ. The presence of that troubling thorn will cause us to become shaped in the image of Christ. In his second letter to the church at Corinth, Paul says, as the outward man perishes, the inward man is renewed day by day. Any Bible readers remember that one? And he knew what he was talking about. He learned through trials that God's grace is sufficient for all of our needs. Paul learned that the grace of God is sufficient when friends forsake and foes pursue. God's grace is sufficient in violent storms and terrible shipwrecks. God's grace is sufficient when we become weary in well-doing. God's grace is sufficient when we have to walk through the valley of the shadow of death. God's grace is sufficient to enable us to work while it is day, even through abundant thorns, and to serve the Lord as though our bodies were perfectly whole. God's enabling power, Ebenezer, is always sufficient. Do you hear what I'm saying this morning? I said God's enabling power is always sufficient. They tell me a small boy had only five loaves and two fishes, but it was sufficient. David only had a small slingshot, 
but it was sufficient. Moses only had a rod in his hand, but it was sufficient. The widow only had just a bit of oil and meal, but thanks be to God, it was sufficient. There was only one cloud the size of a man's hand, but it was sufficient. At the wedding at Canaan, all they had was water. But thanks be to God, it was sufficient. In the face of your own difficulty, in the light of your own trial, in the hopelessness of your own life, there is the grace of God. But it is sufficient. Do you hear what I'm saying now? When you have to lay your loved ones to sleep, His grace is sufficient. When your heart is broken, His grace is sufficient. When tears are falling down your eyes, His grace is sufficient. close with this. The story is told about the great Pablo Picasso. He was a Spanish artist who sketched, sculpted, and painted his way into providence. On rare occasions, he painted live portraits. One such instance was his painting of Gertrude Stein, one of America's foremost authors of her era. Stein was born in California, educated at Radcliffe, and studied at John Hopkins University. And for most of her life, she lived in Paris, and it was there that she would write to many, to the elite. Her words were sublime. She wrote, a rose is a rose is a rose. Or when they are alone, they want to be with others. And when they are with others, they want to be alone. After all, human beings are like that. The story is told that one day she had an encounter with the great artist Picasso. And in the early 1900s, Gertrude Stein set for the exceptional portrait to be painted by the master. And the story goes that 90 times she sat before the canvas. And 90 times Picasso grew frustrated. Finally, in frustration, Picasso said, I can't see you any longer when I look at you. So he packed up his brushes, his paints, and his canvases and returned home to Spain. There he would continue working on the portrait, portrait of Gertrude Stein. By springtime, it was largely finished. In the fall, the painting wasn't unveiled, and the onlookers were all surprised. Gertrude Stein was a young woman 
when the master painted her. Yet the face staring from the canvas was that of a withered woman wearing a thoughtful, earnest face. Eventually, a lone voice courageous remark to Picasso that Gertrude didn't look like a portrait. Stay with me, I'm going somewhere. Picasso replied simply, she will one day. Indeed, as time passed, Gertrude became the image of Picasso's portrait because any artist can paint what he is. Good artists can paint what once was, but only masters can paint what shall be. You missed your shout. Thanks be to God the Lord is your master. And you are his partially completed canvas. We see only a glimpse of what God sees for your life. Don't become frustrated and don't become disheartened with the thorns in your life because God uses them not to reveal who you are and not certainly to reveal who you were. But someday uh, your thorns will reveal uh, who you have become, who you have become. That is the sole purpose of thorns, that one day, one day, one day you'll be able to say like Paul, from henceforth, let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body uh, the marks of the Lord Jesus. We don't know what those marks were. They may have been physical. They may have been emotional. They may have been spiritual. They may have been the visible marks of the crucifixion on Paul's hands and feet. But one thing is certain. It was the thorns that shaped his life into the image of Christ. No man will arrive in heaven without scars from his earthly life. But those scars will mark us as Christian soldiers. Scars born in the heat of the day. Because we will have scars, scars born from false accusations. Scars born from poor choices. Scars born from taking the wrong road. Scars from being hard-headed. Scars from perverted paths and worldly wants. Scars from foolish friendships and abominable affections. Those scars will be the evidence that our thorns did not destroy us. Do I have a witness in here? For we were equipped by God to endure to the end. I thank God for the thorns because thorns leave scars. And they told me a long time ago that by his stripes we are healed. By his stripes, we are made whole. I thank God for Jesus today who bore the scars, the scars of sin for the whole wide world. So don't get weary. 
it well through it. Live through your scars. Live through your scars. Because one day, one day, we will hear God say, Well done. Well done. Well done. Well done. That good and faithful servant. Come on up. Come on up. Come on up. Living through the phone. That's good news today. When I am weak, when I'm broken, the word of God for the people of God and all of God's people say Amen we're going to open the doors of the church perhaps there is someone here today perhaps there is someone here today to give their life to the Lord. Perhaps you are disconnected. Perhaps you are disconnected from a church. Perhaps you don't have a real church home. If you would go home to be with the Lord today, do you certainly do you know where you go? We want to extend an invitation to you to join with us here at Ebenezer. We don't care about your baggage. We don't care about the issues. We just want to extend an invitation to you to give your heart to the Lord, to be in a real and meaningful relationship with Christ. As the invitation goes forth, Ebenezer, I'm asking you to pray. Pray that someone will be moved. If you are watching us online, if you are on YouTube or Facebook, just put in the text the word saved. Saved, and we will follow up with you. God has spoken. And let the church say amen. Is there one? Don't wait. Don't don't hesitate. Make that move today. The Lord wants to have a real relationship with you. Not some play thing. Not something you pull out when you're just in trouble. But God wants to be in regular dialogue with you through his son Jesus Christ. Is there one? Church, 
may be. See the deacon. She prayed. Keep in mind all of the announcements that have been made. I want to share this note with you. It says, to my pastor and church family, greetings in the name of the Lord, our Savior Jesus Christ. Words cannot express my sincere thankfulness to all of you during my illness. The Christmas basket was really thoughtful and appreciated. I'm praying I will be able to return to church soon. Sincerely, Sister Bonnie Wilson. The church say amen. And this is the third or the fourth card I have gotten from members who we bless, shut-in members who we bless with Christmas baskets. Just a small token to let them know that their church community has not forgotten them. And I want to thank uh, Deacon Mayberry and Trustee Ramona Garrett for their willingness to deliver personally these baskets. And the and, 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 and this is the one that really that really that really touched me. That Sister Gladys Evans got her basket. A week, ten days before she transitioned. Thank you, Ebenezer. You did that. Come on, give yourself. Thank you. You did that. That's ministry. We don't want them to ever forget. We don't want to ever forget that we got you. We don't care if you can't make it out. We got you. We haven't forgotten about you. We can't do everything, but we can do something. So thank you, Deacon. Thank you, Trustee. Thank you for those who put the bath together. If I forgot any names, I know you get in trouble for mentioning names, but I know they were the delivery girl and boy for on behalf of Ebenezer. So we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. So Deacon, I know, and the trustee, I know that February 14th is a man-made holiday, but every day to share love, we, we, we should be about that. So let's run it back again. Let's run it. Let's get prepared now. Let's run it back again. Let's run it back again. We don't want to forget anybody. Anybody. Let us stand to our feet again. We are still on break from Sunday school. We are tentatively scheduled to resume the 18th. Be prepared. It might have to slide another Wednesday. We will let you know definitively. Definitively. But I want a real commitment from all leaders and more for this Sunday school lesson. And the Sunday and the Bible study lesson that will focus on evangelism. 
Because I asked you, and you said yes, I asked you to help me reach your sons and your daughters and your grandchildren. To help me help them to make a decision for Christ. Well, we got a plan. We're going to implement it. We're going to walk in it. And it ain't going to be an instant microwave return. I'm letting you know. But it will be sustained effort. And then the other thing we're going to do, I know y'all ready to go. I know y'all ready to go. The other thing we're going to do, we're going to make certain that every single leader, choir member in this building, musician, is comfortable, comfortable bringing men and women to Christ. If the pastor wasn't here, if Minister King wasn't here, and someone came down those aisles, don't, the first words out your mouth ought not be, well, where's the minister? I can't get no help here. It, it can't be, well, I'll take you to Minister King. I'll take you to Pastor Person. No, I'll take you to Minister. No, you have the power to go through the Roman road and tell people what Christ has done. We want everybody to be comfortable. And I ain't competing against any other organizations, any other traditions, but y'all know who they are. They ain't scared, and neither are we. Y'all just looking at me. Guess what? I'm looking at you, looking at me. But we're going to do it in 2023. Now unto him who's able to keep you from To him who's able to present you before his father with exceedingly great joy. To the all-wise God, be dominion and power, honor, and glory. Now, henceforth, and forevermore, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. God bless you. God keep you. Enjoy the rest of your day. Glory to the